The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Just on Sunday, I, I, I hope that, that you receive something Sunday. You got something on that, that encourages you Sunday because, you know, I, I want to be an encourager. I want to help others uh, grow in the Lord, whether new, old, uh, on Sunday was, was a lot about getting your look back, about getting your touch. And any one of us can have or go through attacks. Amen? Any one of us can go through things that, that uh, you know, if, 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 if you've never been through the ups and downs, I've I, I got to ask you if you've been paying attention because, because those things come and go. You can be having the best service, and then Monday and Tuesday you can be under attack. You can have things going on in your family where, where people are not living right before the Lord and they're just opened up the gates to the enemy, you know. And it seems like it seems like the end of September, October, just this world just gets even more messed up. People are letting in stuff. We've got Christians that are that are involved in the occult and playing in stuff and dabbling one foot in the church and one foot in the occult and 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 playing attention and, and got their fingers in mess and it's like people just don't seem to understand what the words come out and be separate means and so even sometimes myself i've got into situations where you may feel a little defeated you may feel a little low you may feel like like man i put my trust in this person i bless this person i bless that i put my trust here and there and all of a sudden it's like it's just like somebody just took the wind out of your sail. You know what I mean? Or, or you, you may be going through a rough time and you've you got stuff going on. And, you know, and, and I'm dealing with people. I, I've had to deal with this. I've been dealing with people that, you know, this whole pandemic thing, you know, it's you've got fear coming in. And we talked about it on Sunday. And, you know, there's a great man of God that said that we should starve our doubts, yeah, feed our faith, starve your doubts. So how do we feed our faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So, so if fear has come in, we've got to drive it out with more faith. How do you do that? How do you, how do you, how do, you, how do you get that look back? How do you get that eye of the tiger back? How do you get, well, you've got to go back to the beginning. Isn't that what he did? He had to restart. In the beginning was the, that's where you've got to go. Amen? You gotta, when fear comes in, you have a choice. You either keep feeding fear or you start feeding faith. You've got to choose. Choose this day who you will serve. If, if serving the Lord seems undesirable, choose. We're going to have to make a conscious effort to say, listen, you know, sometimes it goes, you've got to go all the way back to 1 John 1, 9 and confess your sins and get right with the Lord. Sometimes you've got to go all the way back there when you've drifted so hard and backslid so hard that sometimes you just got to remember the word of God. Amen. Right? Amen. Repent and turn so that what? 
a time of refreshing may come. So if you're not in a time of refreshing, maybe we need to evaluate self. Right? Evaluate who we're with. Who Evaluate what we're listening to. And so that brings me into Scripture. Go with me into the book of 1 Peter. And we left there on Sunday morning. I'm not going to re-preach the message from Sunday morning, but we're going to jump start from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. And when you're there, say amen. amen. 1 Peter 5, verse 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Why do we have to humble ourselves? Because just before that it says God resists the proud. God hates a proud look, but he gives grace to the humble. He says, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, him is capital, not casting all your care on the, on the barber, not casting all your care on the hairstylist, is casting your care on him, for he cares for you. You know, I don't, I, I, you know, when we go through storms and stuff, I wonder how many people remember this. Because we get focused on the storms of life and all the, all the mess and forget how much he really does care. I was dealing with some people this week that were just out of control. They were spun out a mess. And you couldn't talk to them for nothing and couldn't recognize the fact that somebody right in front of them cared for them more than they knew more than they ever realized and couldn't calm them down enough to say, do you recognize the fact that there are people that care about you if you would just let us in? There's a God most high that cares about you and I far more than you realize. You know, we talked about with the disciples in the boat and they said, don't you care that we're perishing? What did I say on Sunday? We care about those that are perishing. We absolutely care, but they've got to recognize that we're not the enemy. We're there to help tell the Word of God, helping people get back to the basics. Amen? Amen. So it's, it's part of my message to encourage people because I want and would like for people to understand that we are a church that cares. But you know, it messes with people. Do you realize that? Because there are so many religious people that when people get hurt and they get offended and they get mad, they don't recognize sometimes the real deal. And all they can do is think about their problem, think about how bad things are, how bad somebody messed me up, and they don't even recognize the very hand that says, I'll help you if you'll let me. He says, cast all your care upon him. So if you're going through stuff, and I'm going through, I, you know, I got I to gotta give it to him. That hanging on to stuff. How many ever do that? That hanging on to stuff to where it gets messes you up and then either some get violent and mad or some become so depressed and toxic that the storms have just wrecked them and they're just messed up. And if we could just get people to understand that as a river flowing, we are people that do care. I pray that the Lord would minister to people to let them recognize when the Samaritan comes up to them 
were there with the bandages and the oil to truly help. Amen? That's one of my prayers. In verse 8 it says, Be sober, be village, uh, vigilant, because your adversary, who? Not, not, not your sister, not, not your dad, not your mom, not your aunt, not your boss, not your co-worker. Right? Not the guy driving down the road that cut you off. Right? You do have an adversary, but you've got to know who it is. Right? It says, The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, one of the things when fear comes in, you've got to ask yourself, are your ears calibrated? Because he's roaring loud and high when we learned in Second Chronicles that we're called to be praising the Lord loud and high. And I want to know who's louder right now. The devil or us Christians? Because there's a voice that's got to be raised up with praise that calms the enemy, that stills, that when we speak life and we speak to that thing, as opposed to saying, oh, woe is me, my, my storm is so big, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do, don't you care that I'm perishing? And we talked about on Sunday about speaking to the storms in our life because the devil is roaring loud right now and for me, I don't know about you, but if you allow him to keep having a, a spot on this old shoulder, he'll wreck your world. He'll find you. you I know people, I, I'd, hate to, I'd hate to admit how many times I've went through valleys, where you're listening to the wrong voice and got to recalibrate the ears. Because the devil is roaring to see are you here tonight? He's roaring loud. And the saints of God need to hear that small, still voice again. The world is just screaming doubt and fear and oppression and depression and all the junk. And God's saying, cast all your cares onto me for I care for you. I was praying today. And last night, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what would you have me to say to your people? That's what I do, by the way. What do you have me to say? What is, what is the follow-up to Sunday? What would you have me to say? And I just began to wait on the Lord. And he gave me things, this whole page, and this whole page, in the last 24 hours. I'm going to do my best to share what verses God gave me. But if I'm so busy and I'm so distracted and I'm looking at the world and I'm looking at the storms and I'm looking at all the junk going on and woe is me, I've missed every bit of this. Because the devil is roaring loud so that you and I wouldn't hear the small, still voice. pastor was in Luke chapter 8. I was in Luke chapter 8. And in those verses, 
it says, Do not be afraid, but believe, and she will be made well. And I challenge you, each one of you, to put your name in there. Don't be afraid during these times. Hello? Don't be afraid in these times. God's got this. You either believe it or you don't. You're either going to fear or you're going to be in faith. Starve your doubts, starve your fears, and feed your faith in this season, O remnant. There's a remnant rising up that those that know their God, Daniel 11 says, right? Those that know their God. You see, if you know the God, your God, and you cultivated that faith, and you're cultivating that now faith, you can stand strong against the enemy. Okay? But listen, there's a very important part to this that people are leaving out. They have, they have the cart before the horse. So go with me into James. I'm going to keep giving you these scriptures. I'm going to try not to preach too much. I'm going to try to just give you what the Lord gave me. And let you tie them all in. Okay? Because we're, we're renewing our strength. The way you renew your strength is to get in the Word of God. Go back to the basics. Right? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Right? So, how many of you in James chapter 4? Verse, verse 8. Verse 7. You see, one of the things that I believe <laughs> is that there needs to be a commitment to God in these days. How many of you are seeing less and less commitment to God? Yeah. In James chapter 4, verse 7, again, right before it, it says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's twice now I've heard that scripture, that God resists the proud. He hates a proud look, but He gives grace to the humble. See, there is a look, but I'm not talking about a proud look. I'm talking about a humble look. I'm talking about a meek look. I'm talking about a confident in the Lord kind of look. Getting that kind of look, that kind of touch in your lives. Amen? So, look what, look what the Word of God says. It says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. How many of you heard that Sunday? Right? But look what's first. Therefore, submit to God. There has to be a commitment in our lives and those watching around the world that says, listen, you're going through tough times. You got water in your boat. And why am I perishing? Why am I going through this? Why am I going through storms? Sometimes the storms draw us to God. And sometimes we got to get a hold of the fact that God's trying to do something in our life and say, submit to him. But we have people that won't submit to God, but they want all the blessings of God. They want, they want the devil out of their life except for on Halloween and candy time, and then we want to kick the devil out again. We want him in October so that we can have fun and it's cute with our costumes and we can sell our soul for a little piece of candy, but then come, come December 1st, all of a sudden we're Christians and all about, all about Santa Claus and Jesus again. 
You see, you've got to resist him all the time and submit to God. You're awful quiet tonight because I'm preaching to some people. You know that I'm preaching the truth about there are people that are dabbling one foot playing with the devil and one foot in the church. And you've got to come out and be separate and say, for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to play in that realm because when you play in that realm, you get punted around and hurt and broken and busted and disgusted. And you may not see it at first, but there's a time coming. It's called the slow fade. And I know people, many people, they didn't start out that way. And they opened the door to the devil instead of resisting him. They allowed the spirit of Jezebel in their homes. Their, their, their border walls was breached with sin. Unbelieving. Idolatry. Let me, let me show you what, 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 what's going on in the world right now. Let me show you. In Revelation it says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers. Hello? You see witchcraft out there right now? Why are you dabbling in it? Why are people... See, they don't understand the Word of God where people are playing with sexual immorality like it's no big thing. They're cowardly and unbelieving. They're idolaters. And look what the Word says. This is, this is in Revelation chapter 21, verses 7 8. It says, And all liars, how many? Shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Please tell me how everyone gets to heaven. I know I'm not, I don't sound like I'm teaching. But there has to be a distinction a little bit that says we must tell people the truth and love on them enough to say, listen, if you're lying, and that, that devil's roaring around like a lion, right? We got to get the lion out. You, you've got people that are that are in witchcraft right now, thinking it's okay, but claim to be Christians. Your house is compromised. I'm sorry. We have to submit to God with how much of our heart? Oh, wait, there's Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven again. We've been talking about it for 10 months. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So how can you love God with all your heart if you're fine playing with witches? I wasn't going to go down this road, but I just, I, I just, I, I got 50 verses. How, how can you resist the devil by watching TV that's okay with immoral sexual activity? And allow this into your eyes. And your how can you submit to God and resist the devil when 
that kind of immoral activity is already in your home. How can you resist the devil when it's okay to put on the witch's hat and go caspering for candy in another week from now and you say you're submitted to God? There has to be a coming out and be separate and say, listen, for me and my house, right. you know, I can't, I'm supposed to be teaching, not preaching. You know, I had to make a decision a long time ago that said, listen, I'm not okay with this trick-or-treat, trick-or-trunk kind of junk. And somebody's got to say it. I guess, I guess I'm the one that's got to say it today. You know, you can't have the blessings and favor of God that, and claim I'm the head, not the tail, above and not beneath, and then go play in his playground. This, you're, you're, you're playing in, a, in an area, the battle that many of us face, the storms that we face, the tribulations we face are right here. Okay, this is where this is how people get spun out and they they allow things in their mind. They allow things in their heart. We got to guard our heart, man. Somebody's got to preach the fact that there's a devil loose and there's people allowing their kids. Oh, it's just a cute time. You know what? As much as I as much as I say all this, if you got to have candy that bad. Go spend four ninety nine at the store and go get it and go home and eat all the candy. That's right. You know, it amazes me. Man, I'm supposed to be preaching or teaching. It amazes me how we're afraid of COVID and fear is coming in for COVID, but we can visit everybody's houses, go picking up candy out of the out of the bin. But we can't come to church because we're afraid to go to church. And we're supposed to be Christians. I'm going to ask you, are you submitted to God? Like, where did that happy message go from Sunday? <laughs> but you see, I want people free. I want people to understand you can't let the spirit of Jezebel rule your life and call yourself blessed. Amen. It's not going to work. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church and expect things to go the way that you need them to go. You've got to come out and be separate and say, I can't go down that path anymore. Sorcerers, witchcraft, immoral activity. How much will we sell our soul for now? Two cent piece of candy. Come out and be separate from that stuff. Draw near to God. It says, therefore, submit to God. How am I going to get through 100 scriptures? Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil. And when you resist, he has to flee from just part of your life. You see, we've got to take a stand as a Christian. You believe, if, if there's a heaven and a hell, and there's, and there's Jesus and the devil as a Christian, why would we ever dabble in that is the enemy and call ourselves blessed, but say, I can keep going back and forth. Like a double-minded man. It's, it's, like that, it's like that blessings and cursings. Right? Yeah. All right, I got to move on. I'm, it's, it's supposed to have been a happy message. And maybe it's just a deliverance message. So verse 8 says, draw near to God. Who? Yeah. Not Casper. 
Not, not the warlock on the street hugging the tree. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to who? You. Amen. Amen. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Ouch, that's not a happy preaching message there. You see, if we're afraid of our touch, we've got to make sure where our hands have been at. How can I lay hands on the sick if my hands have been playing in the cookie jar of sin and sorcery and witchcraft? How can I go out and lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover when I know I've been dealing with this or dabbling in here? That isn't going to fly. We've got to be washed in the blood. 1 John 1, 9, repent. Confess your sins. And purify your what? Your hearts. So listen, there has to be there there has to be a cleansing of our hands. There has to be a cleansing of our hearts. Create in me a clean old, clean heart, O oh God. And then there has to be a cleansing of the mind. It says you double minded. There's some big problems in some people that want to play one foot in the world and one foot in the church, because there's got to be some cleansing going on. Right? He says, lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. That doesn't sound like a happy message, does it? But you know, it's time to get right, live right, so you can die right. Somebody's got to tell somebody the truth and stand strong in this world. You know, because you know if you don't, you got, you got all kind of immoral sexual stuff on your TV, on something that's a decent show, and they got to spin it and mess it all up. So that they can appease a certain group that's saying that's okay and this is okay. It's not okay. It's sin. Come on, somebody. Verse 10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Amen? Amen. Glory be to God. So we talked about... I'm going to move on from that. We're going to, On Mark chapter 4, we talked about in the boat and disciples, they said, you know, they said to themselves, don't you care that we're perishing? All offended. They got Jesus in the boat. You got Jesus in your boat? If you don't have Jesus in your boat, you need to get Jesus in your boat. Amen? You got to have Jesus in the boat. I could go off on, a, on another rabbit trail about fishing, but I, I won't right now because I want to I have more of the word. Because we've got to submit to God. We've got to resist the devil. We've got to get our eyes focused on him and not our problems. I know the world's a mess. Start speaking Jesus. Jesus is the way to set people free. Jesus is the way for deliverance. You've got somebody dealing with sin. You've got somebody dealing with addictions. You've got somebody dealing with problems. You know, a few weeks ago, I was, I was in Second Chronicles um, chapter 20, verse 22, in that area, 20, 22 range. It, it was talking about King Jehoshaphat, and he was seeking the Lord. And he had, a, he had a, a fast. And he prayed, seeking the Lord. Right? Do you remember this from about a month ago? I hope you do. Because we're building upon blocks. And so then he talked about how he sent the praisers out, remember? Before the battle. So what can we glean from that? You've got to be praising ahead of time. You've got to be praying 
Are you fasting? Now, I'm not always talking about fasting like uh, give up milkshakes and cheeseburgers, even though I probably look like I need to, I need to thin down a little bit. Here, but I'm squirreling up because it's coming into wintertime. I've got to stay warm. So don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. So this, this camera is something else. I've lost more hairs on this camera from these lights. I do have some hair, so those that are watching, there is some hair up here. Because you watch yourself, you think I don't have anything. It's like nothing right here. I'm telling you there's something there. And I, am, I have dropped a couple pounds, but you couldn't tell it when you look at this camera either. So we don't want to zoom in. We don't want that going on. So 20 pounds, yeah. I'm, I'm claiming 30. So... You know, I, I got to lighten this up a little bit for you. I, I come, coming at you a little bit. I want to encourage you, but I got to tell I got to tell people the truth. Amen. This okay. So, but you know, with fasting, it's it's a funny thing. People don't understand fasting because it's not always about getting rid of cheeseburgers and M and M's and sweet tarts. Sometimes I will fast, uh, and I won't tell you all the details. But sometimes I will fast on things that are detracting me or turning me away from the Lord or maybe that I've had it maybe thinking that I've got an addiction to and there's things that I face all the time um, I could write a book about them about the things I face that I tithe or I don't tithe but I fast um, on these things um, that's important uh, to me to separate myself from so if I have a problem with something like one time I, I was having a problem with this uh, beverage that it's kind of a green drink and uh, I'd like to drink like two liter of it all the time so I fasted for the Lord to break this addiction and uh, so because it was not good for me that I was drinking this much but I will fast to draw near to God I don't fast to lose 22 pounds I will fast to draw closer to God so that I may hear the small still voice and when you're going through something, let me tell you, it may be challenging to your flesh, but when you start fasting things that you face that you know you could write a book about, then you'll know the rest of the story about things that I fast sometimes. Because things that distract me, I put aside for a short time, making sure that they don't have a hold of me. See what I'm saying? So a lot of times I will fast to get to a point of this. Because the devil's roaring too loud and I have to shut some things off. It's how I get my touch back or I maintain my touch or I keep my touch. It says, listen, this world is spinning out of control so loud, so fast, so much drama, so much distractions that sometimes you just got to go to your secret place in Psalms 91. You know what the secret place is? Time with God. Sometimes we just got to separate ourselves from the chaos. You know, Pastor and I, we make fun of it about, about going to the woods, but sometimes I, I'm thinking we're spending more time talking to God and, and, and meditating than we are hunting. Then all of a sudden, one of us will be, you know, in the blind and like, Corey, Corey, Corey. Oh, sorry, there's one too many biscuits. And, you know, 
Because you get so comfortable in the presence of the Lord. And you find that peace that passes all understanding. I know, it's part of the scrolling up. We're fasting bow hunting, yeah, yeah. But you see, it goes it goes back to renewing your strength. I know this is a unique, weird way of having fun at church. I know a little bit was kind of tough. But believe it or not, fasting things that distract you will help draw you closer to God. Amen. Amen. So go with me into First uh, Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four. I'm running out of time so fast. First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve. Are you there? Amen. The Bible says, "Let no one despise your youth." but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. You know, I, I probably lost a few viewers the first minute there going on, my, going on my tangent with whose side are you on. You're either on the devil's side or you're on the Lord's side. Because I do want to encourage people, but I want to love people to the truth. And I want to be an example because some of us are called to be an example, called to be influencers to help draw people closer to God. Pastor Burkhart was that to me. I didn't know the, know the Bible that much at all. And he had a way of ministering. He could just, he had a technique and a method about him that, you know, Pastor and I, we both have different, different um, ways that we minister, if you will, but the word is the word. And he would he would he would just he would just start reading the word of God. It'd be on the screen for him. He he needed great big letters in his in his in his sunset years. And he would read the word of God, and those that were in tune with the word of God wouldn't look at the man, they would hear the sound of his voice, and there'd be something resonate in their spirit. And the question is, is when you come to church, I want you to enjoy yourself. There, there does have to be a firm word that, that, that gets our attention. It's kind of like that choker chain on a dog, or, or maybe you got a horse that's unruly. Yeah, sometimes you got to, hey, pay attention. But you know, coming to church should be enjoyable and fun. Is there sometimes a strong word? Yes. But there should be something in us that we influence others, encouraging them. They say, listen, won't you come to church with me? You would really like it. You would be encouraged and you would be blessed to, to draw closer to God. And, and we, try to, we try to extend the hand to people to be encouragers so that they would understand, say, listen, we, we desire for you to fellowship with us and you be encouraged. Pastor Glenn is that to me. He'll come up and grab a hold of me. Just encourage me. You can have the lowest time. You can, you can have things bugging you. I know none of you ever come to church that things are bugging you. Never. But he will, he, you can go to his church, and you know, I'm learning something. 
I'd like to be an example like he's an example. I'd like to be an encourager. He'll, he'll preach it. Let me tell you, he'll preach it. He'll throw it right at you. But he'll love on you to the point where you're like, you know, I really needed that. You could, you could be having everything going on, going, listen, I just need someone to love on me a little bit, help me on my path. I also need someone to be a confirmation in my life, what I was thinking that I know that I really need to do, but I need someone else to, to be strong enough to say it so that I can take it and someone else can hear it. I really, I really wanted to be the one to say it, but, but you said it for me, so God bless you, because now I'm going to get some things changed. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes I do have to be the strong voice. Sometimes pastor has to be... When you've got a prophet in the house, that, that comes... <laughs> but then there's sometimes where we come in and we say, I just want to love on you and make you feel welcome in a safe place where you can belong. And that is what attracted me so much when I was hurting so bad and so low that I would look forward to come to church. And that's why I don't understand some people, why they don't want to come to church when they're going through trouble. Because when I was going through trouble, and when I go through trouble, I seek the Lord and look for the friendships that we have here. And I wish people would stop running away from that and understand we are the Samaritans that handle and hold the oil, hold the anointing, to help lift a hand, to draw them out of that mess, draw them out of that uh, uh, demonic realm uh, of spiritual attacks, and that's what it is, and call those things that are not as if they were, and lay hands on the sick, and believe in our touch that says, listen, we believe in our touch because we know what it's like to be in the ditch. That's why we believe in our touch, because we know what it's like for those that walked around and wouldn't help. We know what it's like that walked around that way and wouldn't help. But yet, we found ourselves weak and didn't know if we were going to keep going or not. In the ditch. There's a calling, but I don't feel like it. There's potential, there's purpose, but I don't feel like it. There's, there's, there's things that I had great hopes and plans of, of ministry and goals and growth and programs of different things and people to help and different things and it just feels like it crumbled. And you find yourself in that ditch and you're like, how did you ever allow yourself to get there? How, how, how can any one of us who have been hurt by church, not to bring up old wounds, but how, how did we ever get in that position? Because those that we trusted and loved the most caused harm to the heart. It's not that we stopped loving the Lord. Maybe, maybe there were times where I, as a baby Christian I'd go one foot in, one foot out, but all said and done, 
I wanted to be the Matthew twenty two thirty seven kind of person that says, love the Lord. And there you find yourself doing everything you can, but find yourself in the ditch. That's why we believe in our touch at the river. Because we carry the bandages and the oil. And all that, all that you could you can find. We won't we won't have time to get there, but I think it's in Luke. Luke chapter ten, verse twenty five through thirty seven. It talks about the Samaritan. You can look it up. You need to believe in your touch for those that have been hurt by church because you know what it's like to be hurt by church and you know what it's like for those that walked around you and you now carry something that's very special. You you didn't get it in all the year. I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. It's kind of a rhetorical question, but we may have read those scriptures a hundred times, but until you lived it, you really didn't get a hold of it. And when you've, when you went through situations like that and you went through storms, there's something that changes in you that equips you for the next battle and for those that you're going to help down the road. Now, others may look at you at the outside word of a man, but God looks at the heart. Remember David? Let's bring this guy. Nope, that's not the one. Let's bring this one. Nope, that's not the one. But there's one out taking care of the sheep. Go get him. Ah, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one that's going to hold the anointing and going to hold the double portion. Don't let go of your touch. You've been called for a purpose to know. Now, we've been ministering a lot, and I'm way off my notes already again. We've been ministering a lot about, do you know what you're called to do? And one of the great things about that question is, is it's drawing you closer to God. Because you're seeking to find out. That's right. It's one of the greatest things about that question. Because if you want to know, you're now on a mission. It may not happen like that God may have you on a process like like that woman at the well that had to keep going back and grabbing a bucket of water and getting a bucket of water until one day she met Jesus at the well mm. you've been seeking and seeking and seeking and you're thirsty don't lose that thirst because as you keep going back to the well When you keep seeking the Lord for another drink, you start finding out what you're called to do. You start, you start finding out that there's something about you that the Lord wants to do something with you. You can't lean on this. I've already shown you I can't lean on this. It has to come from here. There's something that when you get alone with God and you start seeking God and you start saying, I've got to come out separate from that stuff so that you know what happens when you come out and be separate from that stuff you activate your calling of seeking God in a different realm than you ever did before and when you do that watch 
what happens to your enemy. Watch what happens when you say, you know what? You're really hitting home with me. You're really getting in my stuff. But I understand I need to take a step out and grow closer to God. And this man of God loves you enough to say, come on. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Peter. It's okay for you to get out of that boat. But the storms, but the people, all the people talking bad about me, all, you're now a Bible thumper. It's okay to come out of the boat. perfectly fine boat and peter gets out imagine being in our boats a perfectly good lund a perfectly good tracker and we sit here and we go step out onto the water can i encourage you today to get out of the boat of demonic realm get out of the boat of fear get out of the boat of doubt Get out of the boat of weariness. Get out of the junk and come to Jesus. Amen. Get in His house. Get in His house. Get Draw near to Him. Get out of this worldly stuff. It's left us broke, busted, and disgusted. It's left us empty. It's left us in that ditch of that religious junk that doesn't promote relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what I'm talking about? Where, where you want to serve God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and all you got was religious clutter. The clutter of religiosity, if you will. You know if that's a word. It is a word? Praise God, it's a word. Because we're called to live and dine with Him. There's a supper coming one day where we're all going to be at His table. We're all going to be around that tree of life rejoicing, knowing that, hey, it's good to see you. I'm concerned about those that are unbelieving but still talk the walk of being a Christian. Because the Bible just talked about in Revelation how the unbelieving, the liar, the sorcerer, they're not going to make it. They're living in the land of the Matthew chapter 7s. And I pray that someone would hear my voice to say, listen, I care enough about you that I want you to come out and be separate from that stuff and get renewed and refreshed and lean not on your own understanding. Because that's what we do. We lean on our own understanding when the trouble comes. Seek the Lord. Amen? Well, I only got 80 more scriptures to go. I was supposed to just read through these like Pastor Burkhart. It just hasn't worked out that way. So if you're here and you're listening to the voice and you listen to that small, still voice tonight, go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The Word of God says, 
But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I'm going to ask everyone at the sound of my voice tonight, are we seeking the Lord as much as we should be? Because in these times, if we're going through the perilous times of all times, and you've never seen seasons like this in your life, isn't this time for you to evaluate how much I'm seeking God? Because for me, you can either get spun out or you can start putting up a divide and say, listen, I'm going back to the basics for me. I'm going back to the B-I-B-L-E. And I'm going to get strength and I'm going to seek the Lord because He's my provider. He's my way maker. I I have to stand on that. Some of you may have to stand on this soon and have had... I've already experienced how you've had to stand on the word of God and you've had to put your full trust in him. There was no wavering. You you were all in and say, listen, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to get in the secret place. I'm going to praise my way to victory. And there's something that that as you be encouraged tonight, no. You're on the right path. You're on the right path. There's a bunch of people who are spun out doing their own thing. But let me encourage you, if you if you are fitting that description tonight, keep going. Come on. Because you're an encourager for this guy. You see? You're an encourager through your storms and through your trials to others around you. How do you handle yourself as you go through the storm? Woe is me. Don't you care that I'm perishing? Or do you sit here and go, I'm going to trust in my God. I'm going to praise Him. I just got a bad report. Whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe in the report of the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm going to sing loud and high. The devil is roaring, trying to defeat me, trying to get me scared, trying to have me nervous, trying to wonder where my next meal is going to come from. How am I going to pay all the bills? Uh Uh-uh. Jehovah Jireh is his name. (laughs) Come on. Right? And something inside you, when you see someone else battle through something and succeed and, and have not wavered, They're an example to the rest of us. So you may have been going through a storm going, why am I going through this storm now? What caused... I'm believing, I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm tithing, I'm doing all these things. I'm seeking the Lord, I'm praying, I'm in my Bible study. Why are these things coming at me? Count all joy when you go through various trials. Maybe, just maybe, the storm that you're going through was to influence those around you in your boat to encourage them to seek the Lord even more. Come on. And to go further with God and resist the enemy and stand strong on His Word. So rejoice if you're going through a trial and know that you've got people around you that you're influencing. Because your brave effort is noticed when you didn't know it. 
when you took the stance that said, for me and my house, you were a leader and encourager and influencer, not one that put people down and discouraged. You were lifting up people and didn't even know it. And then all of a sudden you find yourself looking at your life and looking at the Word of God differently because of the people you've now surrounded yourself with. The Bible says that we should guard ourselves and that bad company corrupts good morals. I'll at least get to a couple. The people that you're around have an influence of how you react to storms. You will be, woe is me, or you'll stand strong on the Lord. You'll, start, you'll, you'll believe in your touch. You believe in the Word of God, and you'll, you'll seek the Lord even more diligently. And you'll come to church, and you'll feel good, and you may be having a rough day. But there's going to be something different about you, because you're like, I've got to get to church now. There's encouragers there. Come on, right? So when you're going through a storm, don't allow the devil to isolate you. When you don't feel like praising, that's exactly when you should be praising. Come on, I'm preaching way better than I'm getting amens. You know as well as I do, when the storms are against you, if you don't make it your point to praise your way out of it, you'll find yourself allowing yourself to get sucked in to the ditch. And you've got to praise your way out of it. You've got to stand strong on it and surround yourself with fellow believers and get back in this church. Amen. Instead of staying out of church, that's your clue. Big yellow flag. I've got to get back in the house of God. Amen. The parable, you remember, remember, no, I won't even go down that one. I don't have time for it. I can't, I can't get there. Remember the wayward son? The prodigal son? Remember that? He had to come to his senses. And he had to get back to the father's house. Sometimes we go through hardship just to get our focus back on the one that we're supposed to. Sometimes we go through things that we wouldn't have to go through if we would just have our eyes on the Lord. It's time that we get back to the Father's house. Don't allow the enemy to isolate you. Don't allow the enemy to play his mind games. Resist him. Resist him, and he's got to flee. Seek the Lord diligently. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to close with this. I'm just, I'm just out of time. I've, I've got... I've got 50-some, 60-some more scriptures. I'm going to go to this one as I close. Go into Psalms 91 with me. Psalm 91, not Psalms. Psalm. Psalm. Are you getting anything yet tonight? We're teaching tonight. We're trying to get in the Word and faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? 
driving the fear out, driving, driving the, the, the junk out. We've got to drive the junk out and refill it with the Word of God. Amen? And Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That secret place is the time with God. I know things are tight. I know things are, I know schedules are tight. If you're going through a storm, get in this Word of God and be encouraged. Get on that praise music. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. Who will say of the Lord? This has got to get personal. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom? Who will trust? Oh, there you go. There you go. In Him I will trust. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him, Corey, will trust. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. There's something here that's got to get deep, deep within us. I will trust in the Lord. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not... Not, not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the what? You shall not be afraid of these things. You shall not be afraid, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near who? Amen. Put your name in there. Trust in the Lord. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. Hello? You're somebody. You're somebody in the Lord. There's an anointing on you if you can get a hold of this. No evil Will you go through trouble? Yeah. Will you go through stuff? Yeah. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any... What's that word? Nor shall any pandemic. Nor shall any pandemic come near your dwelling. I'm trusting in the Lord. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm making light of this, but you've got to understand there's enemies against you. There's enemies against this church. There's enemies against your anointing. There's enemies against your finances. There's enemies against your marriage. There's enemies against your job that you've got to take a stand and say, no, not my house. 
No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Do you believe that today? Yes, amen. amen. You you better believe it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a put a stake right there. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Amen. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample where? Why are we letting him up? Why is the month of October the month where we just let him up and play? And he wrecks havoc on our ministry and our minds. It was said this weekend that there's a lot of demonic activity that goes on in October. And that's very, very true. You've got to keep it right here under your foot. And don't let him up. Amen? Because he set his love upon who? And you make a person. He set his love upon Corey. On you. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him high. Remember, God hates a proud look. But he exalts and lifts up the humble. I will set him on high because he is. What does that say? Know my name. Those that know me, there's a remnant. Those that know me, those that know my name, will do exploits. Oh, yeah. They'll be strong in the power of his might. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Yes. Right here. The Lord answered me all day. Every time I would hear, I don't, I don't hear, hey, in James chapter 4, I said this. I, I don't hear the Lord that way. I don't know how you hear the Lord. But I would get a part of a sentence. I would get a group of scriptures and I would write it down and then I, on my lunch or on my breaks I would go look up the, the verses and fill in these blanks. He shall call upon me and I'll answer him. The Lord answered me today. You know, there's nothing worse than not believing in yourself and you don't hear the voice of God anymore. But when you've sought the Lord diligently and you know who you are in Christ and you, and you know that you love the Lord and you call upon Him and He answers you you want to talk about strength because I'm going to take the rest of this week and I'm going to go through these encouraged in his word I apologize I didn't just read through all of them for you but I'm sure there'll be some messages coming he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him where in trouble you got trouble in your boat jesus in your boat you you call upon him and he'll answer you 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 at the sound of my voice you're going through trouble tonight 
Call upon the Lord. Remember what, remember what was ministered? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. If I can just reach out to Jesus and, and, and he'll answer me. He says, his promise, he says, I will be with him in trouble. And I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Verse 92 says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. For the sake of time, I can't get through the other 50. But listen, if you know your God, you stand strong because you're an inspiration to others. You're an encourager to others in this church. You're an intercessor. You keep going. You keep believing. You keep praying. You keep standing strong in the Lord because, because other people are watching. And they're being revived in their touch. And they're being strengthened. And it's helping others around us. And I hope that I'm able to encourage somebody that would be listening tonight saying, listen, we're going to drive that fear out. And we're going to get faith in there. We're going to get trust in the Lord in there. We're going to get some praise in there. We're going to get some fellowshipping together in there so that they can renew their strength. Amen. Invite somebody this weekend, those at the sound of my voice, that this is a church where you can belong. This is a church that knows what it's like to go through trouble. This is a church that knows that people that have been hurt by church, and we can help those renew their strength. We do care. We do care because they are perishing. They're in trouble. They're in the ditch. They're out of church. They're going down the wrong path. They're dabbling in things, and it's part of us to be the ministry of reconciliation to help encourage them and grow stronger in the Lord. A person did it for you. Right? Take what you've learned tonight. Draw closer to God. Someone, some helped, someone helped you get back on the straight and narrow path. Go help someone else. Say, listen, I'm here to help. Right. I know what it's been like. I know I know what it's like to dabble in that stuff. It ain't no good. I know what it's like to dabble in that. Let me let me tell you how the Lord helped me come out and be separate from it. I know what it's like for the ones that you trusted to hurt you the most. Come meet some people that know what it's like too, that'll love on you and not put you down, and not judge you, but are here to encourage with this Word of God for a new start. Praise God for men and women in our life that helped us get a new start. Because where would we be without them? Where would we be today without those that just sat with you till 7 or 8 o'clock at night and listened? Sometimes all you need is someone just to have an ear. Amen? Amen. See, that's the love of God. 
That's the love of God. People like to, to say, well, God is love, and they twist it all around, and they, they spin it. But the true love of God is that He died for you and rose on the third day. He took our sins. We did it. We missed the mark. We, we were in the stuff. We, were, we had our hands in that stuff. We had our hands in the sin bowl. And Jesus washed it. He separated us from that stuff and He put our feet on solid ground again. And that's what we're about. That's what we're about. We're not here to put people down. I know we, I know I can, I can have a tendency to, to preach hard. But you've got to understand, I, whether people hear me on, on the Facebook Live or whether they comment or whether they not, I'm still praying for them. Whether they come to this church and whether they're listening to me right now or whether they're not, I'm still believing for their healing. I'm still believing in my touch. I'm still believing that when I prayed for them, that they're going to renew their strength. Even if I don't see it, I'm still going to believe it. Amen. We walk by Faith. and not by sight. Amen. Have a great night. God bless those that are watching. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight, Lord, of what you've called us to be, to be those that walk by faith and not by sight, that we would, we would see you through our troubles, we would see uh, our problems come to nothing, that we would rest in you, that we know that when we call out to you, that we can have peace and joy in your name, that, that peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, let us grow and arise in our callings, in our, in our walk, in our touch, in our look, that we go out into this world as examples of the goodness and the strength, not as ones defeated. We've come out of the ditch. You've helped us out of the ditch. We're not in the ditch. We must go out and help those in the ditch and, and fulfill what you called us to do. And Lord, I pray right now that we would be strengthened in the Holy Ghost, that we would be strengthened in your power and your might to go and call those things that are not as if they were. Go and lay hands on the sick so that they shall cover. We will be a church on fire for you, that we would be ones that would recognize where we've come from and where you have us to be. No longer in the ditch, but on, on the mountaintop. No longer in the valley, but on the mountaintop, praising you and worshiping you and calling those things, Lord, and believing in you and drawing them to the marriage supper, drawing them and compelling them, Lord. We just pray right now that, that we would be equipped, that you would open doors of ministry for those that are eager and thirsty for, for righteousness and for holiness and for fulfilling their calling and reaching the lost that they may be free in your name. And Father, we thank you right now through this teaching, through this word. Lord, equip us and empower us to do what you called us to do. Let us be those that seek you, that we would seek your face in that quiet place. And Lord, thank you for your voice today. Thank you for that still voice throughout the day, Lord, in the morning and in the night and in the midday and on the break and on the first break and on the last break and all the times through the day that just that subtle that I could hear and have my ears calibrated that you helped me shut down that devil lion voice that was screaming so loud to hear your voice. 
Lord, continue to calibrate my ears as that soundboard with that special tone and tune that was prophesied over me. Let it resound in me and be an example to those around me. Let let it be a, a voice that calls the dead bones to rise up and praise you and give you honor and not be reserved and win their battles through praise. Lord, let us be a church that's on fire for you. Let us be be ones that are teaching the young ones in the way that, that they should go so when they're old, they'll not turn away from you, Lord. Let us be a, a, a believers that come together that are looking for one's best interest, Lord. Let us be a church that comes together that knows one another's faults, but yet knows what it's like to go through, but also encourages, that knows when we have a need that says, here, there's a blessing for you. Lord, have your way in me. Have your way in these people. In the times we're in, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they would be encouraged to be the example and light, salt and light in this dark, demonic world. Let them be filled with dudamous power, candles in a storm. Lord, let them shine their light, that light that's in them, that you empower us every day with your anointing, that oil that doesn't run out. And Father, I thank you right now that those at the sound of my voice, that you would touch them. Your touch. Your hands would be on their head right now. Your hand would be on their heart right now and their ears right now to do what they're called to do. Have your way, Lord. Let every heart that's receptive to seeking you receive right now. Holy Spirit, have your way right now. I thank you, Lord, for what you've imparted to me today. I pray that this going forth from breast to breast to breast right now, that they would receive something tonight. Let them not look at this man, but look at you and look at your word and what you're trying to do in them. Lord, let them be encouragers. Let them be strengthened and have that look to stand strong in any storm. No matter what, we're going to trust in you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the river, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.